Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. Well, hello, friends of Let Go Lean In. I'm so glad to be with you today because we're going to talk about this question. Why so many assessments? A few episodes back, I shared with you six practices to help you learn to lead yourself well. And in a couple of previous episodes, I've been talking specifically about each of those six steps. Today, we're going to focus in on some resources and tools, namely a variety of assessments. I'm going to talk a little bit about debunking the myth that assessments put you in a box and cast some vision about the value that the data can give you in learning and growing. So really, I'm here to sell you on assessments, although I don't make any money from them. (laughs) That's irony. But I am a an assessment junkie and self-proclaimed and other people might just agree because I have loved to attend seminars and take assessments all for the purpose of understanding myself better and how I work best with other people and in some assessment cases how other people work. So let's dive in. There are many assessments out there that you can take. There are color assessment and animal assessment. It starts actually, if we went all the way back to the Greeks, Aristotle had four humors of the body and divided people into a particular presenting humor. It's kind and not by sense of humor. I don't mean that. I'm talking about bodily fluids. Ironically, that's what he talked about. Choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic. Those were his way of categorizing how people would respond to various situations based on this humor that was presenting in their bodies. Fascinating. Well, fast forward to the 1960s when a mother-daughter team started analyzing the work of Carl Jung and developed what we now know as the MBTI or Myers-Briggs type indicator. They have determined that there are 16 
personality variants. And if you are not familiar with Myers-Briggs, I would encourage you to take a look at the history of this type indicator and learn about yourself because Myers-Briggs is a useful assessment. They have broken these 16 uh, personality types into uh, a typology that allows you to understand the way that you show up in work relationships as well as personal relationships. They talk about whether or not you receive energy by being by yourself or by being with people, the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And they also talk about whether you make decisions based on your, your senses or your intuition, how you process information, whether you're a, a thinker or a feeler. It They break it down into these... Um, categories and then give you your four letters. They've also, since developing the instrument, they've determined that there are what are called X's, where you are both one side and the other. So there are really more than 16 personality types if you include those folks that find themselves as, as I do, an ambivert, for example, uh, getting energy both by being with people and by being by myself, needing to, to recharge that way. So Myers-Briggs type indicator. I highly recommend it and I use it with my clients. So that's one of the assessments that I recommend. I'll put all of this in the show notes, by the way, links to where you can find the assessments and learn more about them if you're interested in in pursuing that knowledge if you don't already have it about yourself. But before I go on to the three others I want to talk about, I really want to dial into why assessments are valuable. As I mentioned, I'm an assessment junkie, and the results are the things that can be valuable to you. You can see yourself from data points that are mostly objective. Now, some people will take up issue and say, well, your responses can skew the results. And in some cases that's true, but many of these assessments have been uh, factored to recognize that there are standard deviations. I won't go into all the psychometric uh, terminology, but they account for that. So the data that you receive can help you see yourself from a different perspective, a different facet of who you are and how you show up in the world. Knowing your different data points can be very valuable when you find yourself facing a career decision or within your career an opportunity for advancement or within the leadership that you are currently providing a way of growing in your skill set. 
For example, if you're not a fan of confrontation and yet you are in a leadership role, you need to develop the skill of being comfortable with confronting a person that is on your team or within your workspace. So knowing the results of a variety of assessments is not just collecting data points about yourself. They can be made use of for growth and development. That's the whole point. Speaking of points, there's another assessment that I like to use with my clients, and it's called the DISC. Now, if you're not familiar with DISC, it's typically used in workplace settings and gives you an understanding about yourself in, in four quadrants. DISC is actually an acronym. D is for dominance, I is for influence, S is for steadiness, and C is for conscientiousness. Each of those quadrants can tell you whether you are a, a driver or an influencer, an inspirational person, if you are a support person, or if you are more of a consistent and calculated individual. It's interesting because you typically have the high and the low and often will have a pair of letters. For example, I am a high I and then D is just below that. So I am more of an influencer than a driver but my score with the S and the C were way down at the bottom. So I'm not very supportive and I'm not very conscientious. <laughs> That's what this assessment tells me. But it does help me understand myself in the way that I come onto a team. I want to influence and inspire people. And that is true of myself. So the DISC is helpful, again, in a workplace setting. And it's really great when you do this with a team because you can use the DISC information to see how the rest of your team is showing up in the workplace. And it will give you some great insight to who to ask to get certain things done and how to divvy up work responsibilities. The third assessment that I really love has a story with it. In fact, Strength Finders is the reason that I'm in the coaching profession. In 2007, I was co-directing the school that I co-founded. My mother passed away in June, right at the end of the school year. And my business partner and I decided it would be best for the school and myself if we worked through the summer and then I took time off in the fall to give myself space to grieve. So I took a couple of weeks right after she passed away and then got back to getting you know, things ready for the fall, for the school year. But then during the time that I was away from school, 
our board of directors made an opportunity available that I got to participate in. There was a Strength Finders uh, coach who came to the area and invited us to take the assessment and then get feedback as our board of directors so that we could see the strengths that each of us brought to the team. It was a fabulous experience. But in finding out what my top five strengths are, it became really evident that leading the school as a director, even sharing that role, was not what I was well suited for. See, looking back at my disc, I was great at inspiring confidence in the parents to take on the responsibilities that that we were inviting them to with the structure of our school. I was great at encouraging them to keep going. But I, as I mentioned, don't have the great support and consistency factors. And so leading the whole school was not what I needed to be doing. And because of other circumstances in my family life, it was a good time for me to step away from that role, which I took that opportunity and did. But knowing my top five strengths of empathy, relator, learner, restorative, and activator began to unpack what each of those strengths represent about myself and pairing them with what I know about myself with the DISC and Myers-Briggs, I saw, as I worked with a coach myself, that this would be a great integration of my skill set. So fast forward 12 years now, I have been coaching using these three assessments. And within the last five years, I've added a fourth assessment, the Enneagram. Now, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, there is a lot of information available out there. But basically, it's an ancient typology that demonstrates nine different core types in three basic triads. It talks about centers of intelligence and it gives a lot of information for growth and development. So the Enneagram, interestingly enough, can be traced all the way back to the Greeks. And it's been found in Sufi wisdom, in Jewish mysticism, and in Christian mysticism. So it's been around for a couple of thousand years or longer. What are we doing with it now in this era? Well, the modern Enneagram, as I mentioned, has been outlined with these different core types and there's information about the numbers that are adjacent to your core type called the wings. And we could spend a couple of hours unpacking the Enneagram. But my point is that the information that's available with this assessment 
can integrate with the other three in such a way to give you a very complex data set about who you are, how you're wired, and what areas of growth you can access and how you can move forward to continue to develop your skills and tools as a leader. So I have so much more to share with you, but I don't want to give you so much information that you're inundated with all of this. So I'm going to break this episode into part one and part two, and this will be the first part. In our next part two, I'll talk about the benefits and the ways that integrating these four assessments can bring you awareness and, as I mentioned, growth points, because each of them individually can show you an aspect of yourself, but the four of them collectively are very powerful. And I would love to put that in your hands so you can learn how to let go of the things that have held you back from being able to live wholeheartedly as God has intended you to do. So join me next time for part two of Why So Many Assessments. And we'll talk about how to put them all together to see the complete picture instead of just the puzzle pieces. Thanks again for joining me today. 